listening to KTAE AM Elgin, K270CO Round Rock, Texas Sports, The Horn. The Horn. At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial grade supplies for every industry with same day pickup and next day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Real Texas Gun Show is returning to the Williamson County Expo Center in Taylor this weekend, October 14th and 15th. This family-friendly event offers a wide selection of the finest guns, knives, ammo, and outdoor products from the finest dealers in the state of Texas. Bring that old firearm sitting in the closet to buy, sell, trade, or upgrade. Tickets are $10 each, 9 to 5 this Saturday, 10 to 4 this Sunday. Free parking at the Williamson County Expo Center. More info at therealtexasgunshow.com. This hour of the Sports Complex is brought to you by Viking Fence. Guests on the horn appear courtesy of the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. Vaqueros now delivers and offers curbside pickup. For info on placing your lunch or dinner order, visit vaqueroscafe.com. The Sports Complex. Afternoons 5 to 7. Hell yeah! On the horn. Welcome back to the Sports Complex on a Wednesday afternoon. We're going to talk some more Texas OU. We'll talk a little bit of Texas OU. We'll start to get into the bye week for Texas. No game this week, but you got some things to work on. What Texas needs to start working on this week. What they need to improve upon. Who they need to get back into positions they need to be in. And and the mentality going forward this week. Where, you, where your brain needs to be. We'll play some more audio from Sark with that. Uh, we'll be, taking, uh, we'll be uh, talking a little NBA. There was the first uh, first ejection of the year last night. We'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, we will play some sound from Hook 'Em Up. Talk some NFL starting quarterbacks that are struggling, the best backup quarterbacks in the NFL. Kind of get a viewpoint for everybody. We know we talk a lot about quarterbacks and about how, you know, quarterbacks are, I don't know if they're, if you say if the quarterback should be a starter or shouldn't be a starter in the NFL. I just want to want to give a ground level of where the NFL is at quarterback-wise. So we understand uh, when we ask for things in the quarterback market, what we're actually looking for and what's actually available out there. And then we can make decisions from there. That's how I like to think about things. But remember, the show is driven by you guys, and we just try to keep it on the rails. 512-447-3776 is the text line. 512-447-3776 is the text line. And Chief Engineer, I know. Uh, enough with OU. I, we're not going to talk a ton about OU. We can talk about things that happen in the game. We're not going to break down the game anymore. 
uh, because I, we all know. We know what happened. We know. So we're going to talk more about the bye week. We're going to get more into that. Uh, but, yeah, anything you guys want to talk about on the show today, uh, we have a full show today because the Rangers did advance to the ALCS. Uh, they took care of business last night. It was not much of a game. Uh, the Rangers just dominating so far in the postseason. They go on to sweep the Orioles. They will be playing on Sunday is game one of that ALCS. At 6 o'clock, it was supposed to be a day game. They moved it back because of no Rangers game. Astros versus Twins in game four. And if the Astros win tonight, they advance on and we'll play the Rangers and we get that ALCS matchup. That'll be tons and tons of fun. So we'll talk about, we'll update you with the Astros as the show goes on there as well. But full, a full show today for uh, the sports complex. Let's get into some Texas football, though. And uh, I want to play this audio about Sark talking about the bye week, getting us ready for kind of what you have to do. This is kind of a slow week for Texas. So it's a little bit hard to talk about a lot of stuff because. There is stuff they need to work on, but this is also knowing Sark's MO, he's not necessarily a guy who who necessarily is going to go in and change up a lot after a loss. It's going to be more of, hey, we just if we stick to what we do, we should be able to win these next six games pretty easily. You should be able to handle it. And I think it's going to be kind of the right mindset for what you're doing for these next six games. We need to play at our level. Don't play down to the level of any of these teams. Do not get, let yourself play down. Don't let yourself fall down to the level of how you played against OU on the lines. And step back up and go show that you're the dominant team. Go handle your business. And, you know, you do not control if you make it the Big 12 championship anymore. However, you can set the precedent that you are a top, uh, top five team again. And you need to get back to that. Here's Sark talking about the bye week. All right, we, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll fix the things that need to get fixed uh, as a coaching staff and as a team uh, this week during the bye week. Uh, and, and we'll play good football the second half of the season. And, and I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to watching our coaches and our leadership really step up this week and then as we head into the second half of the season. You know, obviously bye week. Now, one thing that's going to be big for us this week is getting healthy. Um, we are we are a little bit banged up as a football team, which is understandable. I think everybody is at this point in the season, so you know we we understand that. But it would be nice to to get a little bit more healthy than we are right now. We've got some issues to address collectively uh, and individually. You know, I think we need to create more turnovers from the defensive perspective. We're just we're not. We're not causing enough fumbles right now. Uh, we want to improve upon that. We definitely want to improve our red zone offense. Uh, we've already started working on that as a staff. Uh, I think our two-minute defense needs to be better. Um, so we're, we're, we're diving into that. And I think we need to get more out of our return game, whether it's punt return, kick return. we got too many good athletes right now uh, to not be getting more out of that aspect of the game. So uh, for the, all that to happen, all of the players need to be coachable. Um, they need to they need to understand why we're trying to get them better and to put forth the, to put forth the right effort to make that happen. So, um, yeah, I think the overriding message is: Hey, everything we want out of the, the season is still right in front of us right now. Um, we got to go handle our business, and uh, the first order of business is having a really good bye week. Like I said, getting healthy, uh, addressing the issues that need to be addressed, and you know it's a simple adage that I talked to the team about today. But um, I think this week is important of any is you know learn from yesterday, focus on today, prepare for tomorrow. So we got to learn from from the loss Saturday, and there's plenty to take from that game uh, to learn from. We got to focus on this week on the things that we need to do, and that'll help prepare us 
us for the second half of the season that uh, that I think we'll go out and play good football and, and you know see where it all lays out at the end. And that's kind of the focus. Because focus is what we've talked about all season of what a real championship team is. One of the key factors is you got to be able to focus, play with intent, do what you need to do. And one of the things for Texas this season that looked really great leading up to Oklahoma was that the focus and the buy-in for what this team really believed in what the coaching staff was putting forward, the players that were on the field, everything seemed to be working in, in, in the ways it needed to work. And there was a couple little struggles after the Alabama game. You went a little bit, you know, Wyoming, you weren't able to come out and pull away until later in the game. Uh, in Kansas, you were able to get it, you know, it was a little closer than you would have wanted to be for, for a little bit. But, you know, both those games, you pull away and you win handily. So you get the buy-in, everybody's bought in. Now, after a game... When you're hearing it from the press, when you don't have that ability to just go back out there and hit somebody and go set the tone right with that bye week after a loss, you know, you have to be able to set the get the buy-in back to where it needs to be. So there is a period during the bye week, hey man, go get healthy, take a little bit of time for you to just kind of let it let it all out. Let it all out and go out on the practice field and just run and just and go, you know, do what you gotta do on that practice field for a few days. So we can get to basically today, Thursday, where you start to go back into, okay, now we're back into the buy-in. Now we're back into starting to get down to the drills and all the little things that other teams don't get to work on as much because they have massive gaping holes in their game plan that they're having to figure out. So we can work on a little bit of smaller things. And I think that's kind of what this week will end up being for Sark is this week is more of, hey, let's kind of shore up and, and fix up the smaller things. He's talked in press conferences about his practices, and he's talked about how in his practices he likes to have – he doesn't like to necessarily just focus on the things that you need to fix. He likes to rebuild and build and build on the positives and then work in the things you need to fix, which if this is two years ago, that's a, not a great game plan because you have a lot of things you need to fix and you really need to fix those. But if you are in year three and you're starting to look better – and some of the things you have to fix literally can't be fixed other than on game day of getting the team up there and playing with more physicality and, and willing to play through pain and all that, which I know this team can do. I don't ever want to sound like I'm uh, you know, talking down on these players. They, they had a bad game. It happens to everybody. But you need to be able to get them right in the right spot again, right? So that is what a lot of this bye week comes down to is are you able to get the team to kind of work on the things that they are good at again to get that buy-in back up? And can you run those run the drills where you're able to get the the pass patterns that you're able to kill and get the offense some wins and then get the defense some wins in this week and get everybody to feel like you felt two, three weeks ago. Get them to feel like you felt at the beginning of the season of, okay, the world is in front of us now. We have to go take it. That's kind of what Texas needs to work on this week is getting back to the buy-in that was there before because for a guy like Keelan Robinson, he was a guy I mentioned after the Alabama game. When you saw him after the Alabama game going over to recruits and, and really selling the program and selling Sark in a season where you know you would have thought he would have wanted to be more involved this season. Bijan and Roshan are gone. You think, oh, man, this is going to be his season to step up more. We saw in the bowl game he carried the ball more. And then he wasn't as much a part of the offense. You know, he's still doing special teams, but he's not as big a part of the offense. He's still buying in. You get to the Oklahoma game. He's trying to show out on special teams, make some mistakes. Coming out of special teams, bringing the ball out of the end zone. Going after and getting the penalty. Going after the punt. He makes those mistakes. 
So now when you say, okay, we're, we may not even be using you at all really in the offensive game. I don't know if they're ever going to really start working back into it. That may not be a major factor for him. And now you kind of – the special teams game isn't there. How do you get his mentality and a veteran leader on this team to be fully bought back into the program? Those are the things that you've had to work on this week so far. Those are the things you have to continue to keep working on if you're Texas. And getting healthy and getting guys back, but just getting that – the feel of this team to be back to where you can sell when you go and play next week again, when you go back and hit the gridiron once again, that you're playing as we should believe – we are a top five team in this country. I know we're still ranked in the top ten, which is great to see that the, there's enough respect that that game did not knock us all the way down. But you believe, hey, we're a top five team. We're a top four team. We are a college football playoff team. We should be in it. Let's go prove that we're in it. We can kind of now step back from being the front runner, guys, because clearly that's a harder. To, it's a lot harder to be the front runner than an underdog. So that's where you want to go. If you were if you were Texas, you want to be able to build that. Here's Sark uh, when he started talking about what the bye week schedule is. If you guys don't know what he works on, this is Sark what he is telling you where Texas is kind of getting everybody healthy. Yeah. So we'll um, you know today we did a we did more of a kind of recap of the game, recap of where we're at as a team, uh, what do we need to do moving forward so that everybody's on the same page, and then they did a pretty extensive lift and stretch and stride to kind of get their bodies back. Um, we'll practice Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Um, we'll place a, a real premium on our on our twos and threes to make sure that they get the reps they need uh, to keep kind of their, their football physicality to where it needs to be, but also with our ones dealing and working on some of those issues that we talked about, right? Having a real a real sense of focus there. Uh, then we'll go out recruiting uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and we'll come back on a stat on, as a staff on Sunday and get back in the office, and then Monday we'll be back on the field again. So you kind of just rebuilding, getting the easy things done, getting ready for Monday, getting ready to be back out and playing again in a bye week. But you can also look at this is now an opportunity for Texas. That this is an opportunity for Texas in this coaching staff that hasn't been able to get these freshmen. And some of the freshmen, we know C.J. Baxter's been playing. He gets hurt. Jonathan Brooks takes over. I'll play some more stuff about Jonathan Brooks later. Jonathan Brooks right now is, is not – if he's not the top running back in college football, he's top three. So we can argue it if you want and, and go into where he's at. But he's a top three running back in, the, in college football right now, which I don't think anybody had at the beginning of the season that Texas is going to have a top three running back this season. So that's amazing extra that Sark gets that, you know, this team and, and player development, we talk about player development and how it hasn't been here for Texas. Jonathan Brooks is a shining example of being able to play behind some NFL guys, get developed without even having time on the field really and see what he's able to do. So we have that, but we haven't got the freshmen a ton of playing time. CJ Baxter has got some. Uh, Derek Williams has gotten a little bit more, especially with the injuries uh, in the secondary. Uh, Manny Muhammad's gotten a little bit more with the, the plays in the secondary. But the wide receivers, which we really wanted to see, so we've talked about this, that Jay Witt and, and JT Sanders and Xavier Worthy and A.D. Mitchell, they're, they're probably all gone next year. They're probably all, all those guys catching passes are probably all gone next year. They're all trying to go to the NFL. So if Texas can continue to go where they want to go, all those guys are probably gone. And you'd like to get some of these guys some reps in Big 12 play and get some reps before you head to the SEC and end up where, and I know Georgia's playing fine now, 
But when they lost some of their receivers and they didn't have the veteran parts at the re- receiver, that type of thing uh, seemed to be problems for Georgia, especially early on, just trying to implement new guys in. Now, Kirby Smart's a great coach. they got a great culture there of, of winning, which I don't know if it's a great culture of personality or whatever else, but it's a great culture of winning. I can give them that much. And I won't say it's bad in anything else. I'm just saying there's stories that come out, and anytime you have a program that's that good, you know, there's going to be a few things in it. That may not be perfect, but at the same part, uh, you know, if you're winning games and it's not terrible, it's usually worth it. For, 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 for sports fans, for people that play sports, it's usually worth it. But we will get back to what Texas playing the freshman, and Sark kind of gave his evaluation of some of the freshmen and how he's excited to get some of them more playing on the field. And hopefully you're able to get, a, get ahead in some of these games and the next six games and get them starting to play a little bit more, getting them a little bit more time, get a Jonte Cook, get some other guys a little bit more time, uh, the freshmen, because that is the next wave for Texas, and you want to be ready for that next wave because guess what? We play Oklahoma again next year, and I know it's in the SEC, but we play them again next year, and after this, you want to beat them, you're going to need the freshmen to step up. Here's start talking about the Texas freshmen. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think all three of those guys are right there on the cusp of being really front line guys for us. You know, I think Derek. Um, you know, the last couple of games, he's he last three games, he's had a lot of snaps, and they haven't all been perfect. And but what I love about Derek, he's got a high football IQ. He cares. Um, it, it, he wants to be a great player, and in my mind, he's going to be a great player for us. And so th- this experience that he's getting now is huge uh, for our team in the second half of the season. I think Manny Muhammad getting a lot of reps as well. Uh, and it's For a lot of young guys, it's about consistency, right? You can't do you know two plays well and, and then one not. And so we're trying to fight the consistency. And then, uh, you know, with with, with Anthony, um, you know, his ability to erase plays, right? Maybe he's not always right, but he's got the speed and physicality to make up for that, whether it's rushing the passer or, you know, when the quarterback scrambles, he can go run him down. And so that, that's been really effective. I think probably the guy... I know offensively that I'm really excited about is Jonte. Uh, you know, I was kicking myself. I probably should have played him more Saturday. Uh, I think that he's earned it. You know, he's he's practiced well, and so uh, hope to see more of him. Um, and I think the you know I think that uh, he's probably that. He's probably the main one. DeAndre Moore is probably close right there too. So th- those two guys stand out to me. Um, and then obviously I think the other guy which we've seen a lot of, but I'd like to see him get back to being 100% healthy as is, is C.J. Baxter. So a lot of young guys and then a lot of other guys that are developing. And um, we take a lot of pride in the development of our players. Even though they're redshirting, we still work with them a lot. And so there's a lot of the guys. You know, I, I'd hate to I'd be remiss if I left, left some of them out. But there's a lot of these guys that are kind of on the, on the come here that, that if we can just keep working with them, maybe it won't all play, pay out for them this year. But over the long haul and in the next season, I think it will pay dividends for us. And that's another thing during this bye week. You get to work with those freshman players and get them a little bit more time because they're not beat up, because they are healthy, because they're not playing. And you get to practice with them a little bit harder. Sark gets to spend a little bit more time. I know he's recruiting, too. So, you know, he may not be there, but the position coaches can spend a little bit more time with those freshmen and get you ready for that next level. Uh, One more clip I'll play before we go and take our first break, and we get to Patrick's Big Fat Poll of the Day on the text line that's open for you guys. 512-447-3776 is the text line. Uh, I did – Sark kind of gave his midseason player evaluation, position group evaluation. So if you you can put on yours, 
If you feel you're on the same level as Sark on this, if you feel like uh, he may be off on some of these, here's Sark kind of giving his position evaluation so far, basically halfway through the season. Obviously, I'm the running back position I'm very pleased with. You know, I mean, I think Jonathan Brooks is one of the leaders in the country right now at, at running the ball, and I don't think that uh, anybody really thought that that would be the case, losing Bijan and, and Roshan coming off of last year. So I'm, I'm really impressed with those guys. Um, I think the tight end position is one that has been an, an area of, of strength of ours. I think, you know, with JT and how Gunner's played, I've been, I've been impressed with those guys. Um, you know, I, I think from a receiver standpoint, uh, you know, Xavier's been very consistent. I talked to him about that this morning. I've been really impressed with the level of consistency he's playing the game at right now and the efficiency. Um, you know, I, I talked to him. I said, you know, a year ago for you to catch eight balls, I'd have to throw you 15 or 16. And this year, you know, I think a week ago, we threw him seven or eight balls. He caught seven or eight. Yesterday or Saturday, he caught eight balls with ten targets. So the efficiency in which he's playing and the rapport he and Quinn have has been great. Uh, but also, Jay Witt has his 100-yard game Saturday. The week ago, it was A.D. Mitchell with a 100-yard game. So the ball's moving there pretty well. Uh, I think from the defensive front, I, th- I think our run game defense, I'm super impressed with. You know, again, this is another game. I think we held both runners to at three yards or just under three yards per carry. Um, but again, we got we got to clean up our pass rush lanes. The quarterback legs hurt us Saturday. Um, you know, at, at linebacker, um, you know, the emergence of Anthony Hill I think is is really starting to show up. And so hopefully that's something we can build on here in the second half of the season. And then at corner, you know, playing a lot of guys, which has been good. Um, you know, naturally, Ryan was having a good year. Um, you know, anytime you, you have an injury, it's we want to make sure we get him back, but I want to make sure I get him back healthy uh, because when you have a leg injury as a, as a guy who has to run all day, that's not a good thing. And so we got to do everything in our power like we did last week and again this week to see how far we can get him uh, to try to get him available to play uh, against Houston. Getting everybody ready to play against Houston. There's a little midseason position group evaluation with Sark, if you agree with that uh, or not. That's where he says he's at, at least coach speak in a press conference says that. Uh, you can let us know, 512-447-3776, if you agree with it or not. That's our text line. We appreciate everybody texting in and playing along. You know, you guys drive the show. I just try to keep it on the rails. That being said, let's get to the big fat poll of the day. Patrick's Big Fat Poll of the Day on the Horn. Big Fat Poll of the Day today. We're going to talk a little NFL because we're going to get to the NFL in the 6 o'clock hour. And we gave you a little break. It's a bye week for Texas. We're taking a little NFL poll questions. We get to Houston next week. Probably get back to a lot more Texas questions. But I like you guys talking some NFL. And this one, you know what? It has a little bit of – it's a little bit – folks around the Cowboys because of that's the conversation around the Cowboys, but I don't feel it's necessarily needed to be in the Cowboys that much. I think there are some other teams we'll talk about who uh, have not had quarterbacks that look good, some people that may be looking to get a new quarterback and how they're going to do that. Uh, We'll talk about that in the 6 o'clock hour. So here's a poll till we get to the 6 o'clock hour. Who's the best backup quarterback in the NFL right now? Who do you feel? Is a quarterback that if you could take one quarterback to be your starter, basically if you're a franchise, if you're a, uh, if you said I got to win, I don't even want to say expansion franchise and get the youngest guy because you can say you want this guy because he's young, but you can say I want this guy because he has the biggest upside, or I think this guy is the guy who's going to win this today. 
who's the best quarterback? In your mind, whatever whatever mode of operation you're getting to, who's the best quarterback, backup quarterback, backup quarterback in the NFL today, 512-447-3776, 512-447-3776. Who's your vote for the best backup quarterback in the NFL? We'll get to more of those. i got a big list of them. I've got a list of backup quarterbacks and kind of tiered them out for you. Uh, I have uh, some quarterbacks and some stats for you to maybe not make you feel so bad about Dak, maybe make you feel worse. We'll get to that and other quarterbacks that could be available, other quarterbacks that you could want to move. We'll get to all that. Uh, But before we do, we're going to take a break. So keep texting in. Uh, We'll get to some of your text. We're going to talk a little bit about the NBA and something that happened last night and another topic that we'll put up on the text line for you there. Uh, We'll play some sound from Hook'em Up, uh, and we'll talk. uh, We'll read your text when we come back here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app, and at hornfm.com. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex, weekday afternoons on the Horn. Back on the Sports Complex here on the Horn, playing some ACL Fest music artists for you uh, all week long. That's our theme of the week. And we'll add that to the polls of the day. We'll add that as another. We're going to ask you a lot of questions today because we don't have a lot of Texas football to talk about. But I want to talk to you guys still. You guys are still the best listeners in the world. I appreciate you guys t- playing along with us every day. You guys drive the show. We just try to keep it on the rails. So we'll ask you that one too. Who Who's a, your favorite artist playing ACL Fest? Are any of you going? Need going? If you're going, who do you want to go see? I'm not a I'm not a festival guy. Uh, I worked for a band when I was younger, and I got to be backstage at festivals. And even then, it was just it's a lot of people. I don't you know I don't like being around that many people in general for the most part. So I don't necessarily go out to a lot of festivals. I just had some buddies out at Power Trip. If you saw what that was, it's like six bands on three days, and it was just all headliners, no opening bands. It's three all like great rock headliners: ACDC and Iron Maiden and Judas Priest. And Tool and Metallica and Guns and Roses, all on that. They had a blast, but it's too many people. Can't do gin pop anymore. Too spoiled. Too spoiled. I, I don't know how I'm going to watch basketball games this year. I used to sit right next to Craig Way. Not going to be doing that this year. So, uh, so I don't know. I'm going to have to find another way to watch all those basketball. Games. I'm used to sitting courtside. Now I just got that on not anymore. So you know, I got to figure it out. I got to. I'm a man. You know, I, I'm not trying to be better than anybody. It's my own social anxiety. Don't worry. It is not. It is not me trying to be better than anybody, but tell me if you've got a band. Maybe we'll play them. I, I'm just playing ACL Fest artists. So you got a great band that I should check out at ACL Fest. I'm not going, but I should. I, maybe they'll, I know they're streaming some of it online, or maybe they did week one. We'll see. 512 447 3776. We're also asking you who is the best backup quarterback in the NFL. We're going to tell you, ask you about that. Uh, and then I, I do want to mention before we play this clip uh, from Hook 'em Up that something happened in uh, NBA preseason. NBA preseason is pretty uneventful. We had uh, the first game with uh, with Wembenyama on Monday night, and Wembenyama looked really good at points. You know, there's it's still going to be a learning curve. Offensively, he looks really good. 
Uh, he had a great block in that game, too. He's just got to fix you know, all those other pieces of the game, but that'll be, come with time. He also had the press conference where he came out and he said, has Pop yelled at you yet? And in that game, you saw Pop land to some people when they weren't playing any defense. It's good to see Pop get mad again. It's good to see him get mad again. Chet Holmgren looked really good in that game. But the Rockets played a game last night. Also, if you want to watch the Spurs' next game, it's on TNT on Friday, I believe. TNT on Friday against the Miami Heat will be the next game if you want to check out uh, Victor Wimanyama. Uh, but the Rockets had their first preseason game. New lineup, new coach, some new players out there. They put out Van Vliet was out there. Uh, you know, Jabari Smith had a decent game. And one of your new additions, Dylan Brooks, came out. And in the game, in the first five minutes of this game, he comes around a screen and hits a guy, hits dice right in the groin. And it's one of those moves that you can claim is a bad, like you can claim your arm was just flailing out, but it's no one believes that someone who's playing basketball at that level has, you know, maybe a center has that bad of like body control, but guards don't have that bad of body control. You're going to try and swim around a guy and get your arm in so you can get around him and get around the screen. You don't necessarily want to put your arm out and grab him. He goes, hits him right uh, in the nether regions, uh, puts him on the ground, comes around it like no big deal. This is five minutes into his first preseason game as a Rocket, by the way. Uh, they review the play afterwards. They deem that it was uh, intentional and aggressive. So he is thrown out of the game five minutes in, Dylan Brooks. His Rockets preseason debut, he is thrown out for being a dirty player once again. I, I think it was just because he got some goodwill for how well he played again for Canada and FIBA, and he just wanted to throw all that out the window. He wants to be a hated player, which I can't. I get that, that I'm buying into the thing. But I, I just don't understand the people that are just like, oh, no, I'm not good enough to be a regular person. I don't want to be a member of society like everybody else says. I got to be a rebel. And, and he look, he's a millionaire for it. So it's clearly working. But he is now entering the territory with this new contract of there's different tiers of kind of hated players, right, in the NBA. And you have the guys that are the cheap players, that people say, like a Pat Beverly, a Draymond Green, Grayson Allen, hated players. You have those guys that are dirty. He falls into that category. Then there's another category of hated players, which like the James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Chris Paul, guys who are just really good, but you know never quite win at all, and and people just can't stand them because they just they they're just they want to they keep saying they want to win and they're competitive, but they never quite get it done. So they don't get that respect. Kevin Durant is in there and he's won, but people blame him because he went to the Warriors. They still that the argument that I don't care for, but. That one, and then there's like the Ben Simmons, uh, the guys who are just overpaid. There's three levels, so there's overpaid, there's dirty, and then there's really good of players that are hated. Right? Dylan Brooks falls into two, and the one that he wants to fall into, he's not because he's not the really good player. He is currently people feel he's overpaid and he's dirty, and he may go down as one of the more hated players if he plays through this entire contract in the Rockets. If he continues to play as dirty as he is playing. And, and trying to work on things in the preseason, working on cheap shots on guys in the preseason, when you should be trying not to hurt players, he goes out and tries to to take a cheap shot in the preseason. It's terrible. It, it, I, I, I hate seeing it because I know it's all part of his shtick, and he's just using the rest of the league to do it. But I want to ask you that on the text line, too. We'll ask you that on the text line, too. 512-447-3776. Who is your most hated NBA player? And you can go all-time, and you can go right now. 512-447-3776. Who's your most hated NBA player? If you're going to give me a reason, that would be great, too, because we're going to get those texts in a minute. 
512-447-3776. Plenty of things to text in about. Who are you going to see at ACL Fest? Who do you like at ACL Fest? Who's the best backup quarterback in the NFL? And who is your most hated player in the NBA? Maybe all time, maybe maybe right now, send in that reason too. Plenty of stuff, 512-447-3776. Plenty of stuff to talk about today. It's a Wednesday. We're just going to have some fun on this show today. Uh, I do want to talk about somebody who's having fun. Jonathan Brooks, as we said earlier, one of the top three quarterbacks, or top three running backs in college football right now. He could be the best one. He could be. I'm trying to be trying to be nice because I'm a homer, because I cover Texas, that I feel he's the best running back in college football right now. I'll say top three. The stats. He's he's top five in basically every stat in running the ball. So I, I I'm gonna I'm saying he's top three. Uh, to be nice, he could be the best. Uh, hook him up. Was talking about Jonathan Brooks and his rise this season. Uh, here's Rob Babers and Aaron Hogan this morning talking about Jonathan Brooks. All right, let's talk about Jonathan Brooks, guys, because we don't talk enough about him, truth be told. We just don't give him enough props because uh, he has been unbelievable so far uh, this season. And I'll give you some of the stats. First of all, Jonathan Brooks is second in college football and first in the Power Five in total rushing yards. So that alone is a surprise. He is easily the most unexpected storyline of the 2023 season for Texas football. Easily. I don't, I don't even think it's even close. Um, he has 108 carries. He has 726 rushing yards. He actually leads to power five. He has uh, six rushing touchdowns, seven total. As he mentioned, dropped a touchdown reception or two. So could have even more touchdowns. Uh, 847 total yards. That leads to conference. 37 missed tackles forced. That leads to power five running backs. And 460 yards after initial contact. That is second in the power five. He also is second in college football. First in the power five in rushing yards per game. And he has the highest yards per carry uh, with any of the heavy usage backs around the country, which are running backs with at least 100 uh, 100 carries, 100 attempts. So at 6.72 yards per carry. Um, there is <laughs> one texture says, what was the average weight of those 12 times? Come on, that doesn't matter. What are you talking Come about? Come on. Hey, what's up? What are you talking about? What does it matter? I said, he ain't BK. I said 8 out of 12. BK was the one that preferred the Eppers, larger ladies. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, nothing wrong with that. I know I'm a Lane Bryant lover and a plus size pleaser. I've been one of those. Uh, but anyway, getting back to it, uh, I, I was thinking to Jonathan Brooks, he has right now solidified himself as a mid-season point now, a Doak Walker Award like potential finalist. I think he's in that conversation. I would have never thought that. Not that I doubted the man's skill. The man, I, obviously, I think everybody had faith that Jonathan Brooks uh, was very skilled and you know could play, play on Sundays one day. I just didn't know that he would ascend so quickly. Guys, he didn't start the first two games of the season. Yeah, I mean, that was Cedric Baxter starting first. He was the first freshman to start at running back for Texas um, since Ricky Williams. So everybody thought Cedric Baxter must be the guy. Cedric Baxter. And re- really, I would say football logic, traditional football logic tells you younger, if a younger player is close to a veteran player in the competition, to go with the younger player because their rate of development will probably surpass the veteran player because they shouldn't be close. So they'll probably surpass them sooner rather than later. And I guess the assumption probably was that with CJ Baxter over Jonathan Brooks, but CJ Baxter can't really stay healthy. Can't finish a game. That's a big part of it. Being a younger player that, you know, absorbing the physicality of the game and Jonathan Brooks used that opportunity to take that job. 
That it wasn't his job. They had given it to Cedric Baxter. Now that's Jonathan Brooks's job. And not only is he doing the job, but he's doing it as well as any running back in the country right now. Yeah, in addition to the uh, 740 um, you know, rushing yards this year, remember only 100 of those came in the first two games. He's really exactly. piled up on most of those rushing yards in the last four. It's unbelievable. He, he's average. Right, he's at 860 total yards from scrimmage. I mean, he's got 120 yards receiving and a touchdown. I mean, he's he's at 150 yards a game from scrimmage. Which, it's amazing. I'm going to see where he gets that from scrimmage yards. Good point. I didn't look that up. Yeah, because well, he's now. you know he's he's caught some screen passes and uh, had some long plays there. He's just um, yeah, I, I agree with you. It is the most unpredictable. But it also gives me this, Rod. You use the first six games into your bye week or five games to kind of figure out who you are. Well, now you can come out of your bye week, Rod, knowing you have one of the best backs in the country behind it, which should be an improving mm-hmm. and still, you know, you're going to get Cole Hudson back on the offensive line healthy. Yep. Uh, you believe, which means he could play center or guard depending on, you know, the health of Jake Majors. Uh, your offensive line should be – so, you know, this gives – this is – this is stuff to build on, and if you can fix the red zone issues, I think continue to cultivate that Savion Red package, Rod, that, that red cat. I like Use that, that more down in the red zone because yeah. he's shown the ability to find that crease and get in the end zone or get to a first down. Uh, this is what gives Texas a very high ceiling because, yes, the loss on Saturday was you know, demoralizing, but at the same time it was revealing. Things, these are things yep. you've got to fix, and if you fix them, I mean, you're, you don't have a peer the rest of the way until you get to the Big 12 championship game. You should be rightfully double-digit favorites the rest of the way. And, yes, and Jonathan Brooks can run his way to some some major awards and, you know, first-team All-Big 12, first-team All-American kind of player. Yeah, Jonathan Brooks right now, if you look at all-purpose yards, um, he is eighth in the country right now. Oh. He's eighth right now. Oh, look at How about this? Shout to Texas State. Ismail, I'm sure I mispronounced his name, Mahdi. Yeah, Ismail Mahdi. Ismail Mahdi, yeah. Yeah, the running back. He's leading the country. Yeah. Shout out to Texas State. Leading the country in all-purpose yards, 188 per game. And right now, Jay Brooks is at – he's at 141 per game. And like you said, he really didn't – he wasn't a huge factor in the game plan in the first two games. He closed the Bama game. I think that was more because Cedric Baxter couldn't finish the Bama game. And then after that, he became more of a focal point of the offense. And now, and this is even more perplexing though, now that you have a top 10 rushing attack potentially in the country, still can't figure out the red zone. I think they'll figure it out. <laughs> That's going to be my prediction. They'll figure it Can out. Can Cedric Baxter take a, take a hit without limping off the field too? Yeah, yeah, he got, yeah he's got to learn. I swear, yeah. every, he's like, oh. He he's falls gotta, I think, bad. I think he's got to learn how to be a big time bit back. And that, look, take he's, he's from high school. Uh, yeah. And, and let's also remember this, you know, Jonathan Brooks has had three years in the Texas weight room to build that armor, to build that body, to be ready to handle the rigors of big-time college football. Cedric Baxter came from the state of Florida. Uh, he's still learning whether you're hurt or injured and how to play through some of that. That's, But he's got the ability, but it takes a little bit of time. Uh, and, you know, They're not all Adrian Peterson, Rod. No. <laughs> they roll in, right? Yeah, no. They're, it, not, oh, they're not all Adrian Peterson. It takes a little while. Yeah, they, even for Jonathan Brooks, I bet it took a little while I for him, too. That's some uh, some good stuff there from Hook Him Up with Ian Robbie. Uh, weekday morning, 6 to 11, right here on The Horn. Jonathan Brooks, one of the shining examples of Tashar Choice and the Sark coaching staff on how they're building players, the weight room, all of that. Uh, you know, for years, Texas did not look great in developing players. And you get five stars and four stars, and they would not leave five stars and four stars, and the NFL would take them, and then they'd be good players. And you go, why couldn't you do that at Texas? And that's the coaching staff. So, uh, it is what it is, but it's great to see that those types of things are turning around at Texas 
And uh, we're seeing players like uh, Jonathan Brooks step up and be a top player, top college running back, which, I mean, after Bijan Roshan, you think, well, we're going to take a step down. And he kind of did because it's not Heisman cut talk, but at the same point, you know, he could still be a Doak, War- Doak Walker award winner. That's crazy. No one expected that. Text line's open, 512-447-3776. We're asking you a bunch of questions today. Who's the best backup quarterback in the NFL? Send that in. We're asking you who's the most hated player in NBA after Dylan Brooks got ejected five minutes into a preseason game. Who's the most hated NBA player for you all time this year? or Currently, you can send that in too. Asking you who's your favorite ACL Fest artist or or, you know, yeah, whoever your favorite ACL Fest artist, if you're going or not, send that in, too. We'll come back. We'll start reading some of your texts. 512-447-3776. We'll read some of your texts. We come back here on the Sports Complex in the Horn 1019 and 1260, the Horn app and hornfm.com. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex. Weekday afternoons only on the Horn. Back at the Sports Complex on a Wednesday afternoon. Getting close to the top of the hour. Getting close to the start of the Astros versus Twins game four. Showing some Jordan Alvarez on the TV. Will they pitch to Jordan today? Or will they just walk him? He has been dominant so far in the playoffs. They also showed the Don Zimmer thing when Don Zimmerman attacked... uh, Don Zimmerman attacked... uh, uh, Pedro or ran out, and that brawl apparently was 20 years ago today. So they showed that with all the David Ortiz and and Derek Jeter and Alex Rodriguez, and watching three guys try not to laugh, even though that was a terrible thing when it happened. Fun to see. Uh, playing some ACL Fest stars. We're asking you today, uh, who's at ACL Fest? Who's playing ACL Fest that you really want to see? Uh, it's in that's in that text. In we're asking you who's the best backup quarterback is in the NFL. We'll get to that at the six o'clock, and then in the next segment we'll get to that. We're also asking about the most hated NBA players for you uh, after Dylan Brooks got ejected five minutes into a game, a preseason game last night. Uh, we'll get to the text line five one two four four seven three seven seven six. The popcorn man asks, "What's your opinion on Brock Purdy?" I can tell you with Brock Purdy, uh, I think the coaching has a lot to do with it. Finding your players. Uh, and then playing, you know, coaching to their strengths. Uh, Brock is doing really well. Now, if you take away the weapons, I don't think Brock Purdy's the same guy. If you take away the offensive line, he's not the same guy. Uh, I don't know if he's one of those insert into any team and they're immediately better guys, but he is definitely a guy that fits into Kyle Shanahan's system. And if we look at that, like, coaching tree of Kyle Shanahan, that, you know, Mike Shanahan coaching tree and those guys that were all kind of all together, and you look at what Mike uh, McDaniel is doing with uh, with Tua right now, and Matt LaFleur won two MVP. Aaron Rodgers won two MVPs playing under Matt LaFleur, and Jordan Love, he's got showing up half of the weeks he's playing. The other half's not so much, but that Matt LaFleur was in that group, and now we see with uh, C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud's looking good, and C.J. Stroud, Bobby Slowick came over from the 49ers, and if you want to ask Brock Purdy, I think if you put C.J. Stroud in that offense, it could be dynamic. Because he even has some more gifts and talents, but he has also been a very smart and uh, judicious uh, player in the NFL so far for C.J. Stroud. But I think Brock Purdy's doing exactly what he needs to do, but he has a coach who makes it easier, and 
he, he has a coach that went into it saying, how can I make this work for this quarterback and not how can this quarterback make my system work? And we saw Mike McCarthy used Aaron Rodgers to make his system work. Matt LaFleur formed his system to make Aaron Rodgers work, had run the ball more, which allowed you know Aaron Rodgers to thrive and win two MVP awards. You know, Mike McCarthy wins the Super Bowl. I'll give Mike McCarthy won the Super Bowl there. But I, I just there's two thoughts of coaching in this. And one is I'm right, and the other is, well, it doesn't matter if I'm right. If the quarterback can't do what I'm asking him to do, it doesn't matter. I have to make what's best for the quarterback. And those guys seem to be thriving a little bit more right now. Brian Dayball is that guy, and he had one year of success with Daniel Jones, and then it kind of went downhill this season as more teams are figuring out. Is Daniel Jones, I don't know what he did during the offseason, but he doesn't, he doesn't look like he has that fire. Maybe that money meant that he didn't work as hard this offseason to prove everybody wrong but he doesn't look like he's coming out with the confidence and ability that he was playing with last year under Dayball. But he made Josh Allen. Josh Allen is the, the prototypical guy of why everybody wants that, that huge arm, no experience quarterback that you can build is because Brian Dayball, what he did with Josh Allen. So I think Brock Purdy, it's, you know, you're not getting that you know, Superman player, but you're just getting the guy, all I need you to do is this. If you can do this and make the right decision and – and you can take my eyes and put them into your head, and you see what I see. I Look, I'm designing the place for you to win, and that's what he's doing, and you get Brock Purdy. I think he's doing great. Uh, I do think there's going to be a point where there's a breaking point uh, somewhere in this season where he'll have a not-great game. But I don't, I don't think there's, I don't know if there's gonna be a point where he falls off completely. But I think some defensive coordinators will start to figure it out, like how Lou Anarumo figured out Patrick Mahomes and change Patrick Mahomes' game. And that's when Brock Purdy's going to have to adjust and Kyle Shanahan's going to have to adjust is when somebody actually starts to game plan for Brock Purdy like he's a guy who's in the MVP vote now. Uh, you have to start playing for him instead of just Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel and George Kittle, who might get fined for wearing the F Dallas shirt, and Brandon Ayuk, who though you're playing for all those guys, not even taking Brock Purdy seriously, you're going to have to start playing for him. And when they start doing, I think they will. Uh, we get some more names. We'll get to those names. I'll tell you what. We'll do the NFL names at the top of the hour because I want to get into that. Chief Engineer as saying that the poll of the day should be uh, who drinks more, Jim Ursay or or Jerry Jones. It's not even that they drink. They just they say dumb things sober. That's more the problem. That's more the problem. Three Scared Souls. Are they a band playing ACL Fest? I do not. I'll have to check them out. I'll have to check them out. Uh, Brooks, not up for the Heisman. You're asking Bo. I don't, I mean, I don't think he's right now in the race. You know, you've already lost a game. I don't know if he's one of the front runners to win it. Cause I think people still expect Quinn Ewers to be that guy. Now, once we get to the last couple of weeks, if he continues on this pace, he will be in the conversation, but it's normally a quarterback, uh, position now anyways. And I don't know if they're going to be able to get it off of a Caleb Williams or a, a Penix junior. Who's having a great season at Washington. I think a quarterback, there's not poor enough quarterback play this season that a running back's going to win it. But he may be able to go to New York. If he keeps playing like this, he, he may get a ticket to New York. Uh, we're going to take one more break before we get to the top of the hour. And then we're going to read more of your texts. We're going to get into the NFL discussion, more and more text, NFL discussion, asking you all the questions. Who's the best backup quarterback in the NFL? We'll start answering those and reading those texts in the 6 o'clock. Uh, we will get to who the most hated NBA players from you. 
uh, in the 6 o'clock as well, as well as if you have any more ACL Fest stars you want me to play here on the show in the next couple of days. Send those in. 512-447-3776 is the text line. We'll hit our break. Be back in the 6 o'clock hour for Hour 2 of the Sports Complex right here on The Horn, 1019 and 1260, The Horn app, and hornfm.com.